I've listened to Offline since it started last year. I can't remember how I came across it. It must have been on Instagram, um, but I've listened since then. I haven't had the opportunity to sort of see behind the curtain of who she really is as a woman and as an entrepreneur. So um, really excited to sort of hear them have more open, honest conversations. I loved the episode with Katia Milan. Um, she was just so beautifully honest and raw and just understanding, I guess, what she's like behind the Instagram. Her Instagram account was just amazing. Um, and hearing about her experience in Sydney, which is sort of similar to mine, made me feel more normal. I've been listening since you started, so episode one. listen to offline because I enjoy um, the casualness of the conversation and the honesty uh, behind it and I find Alison quite um, refreshing in her approach. Um, I'm looking forward to yeah just having a really good conversation but also sharing that with um, other like-minded um, women and guests that are here that follow Alison and being honest with our conversations. Um, I found that about this podcast because I had known Alison in the past, so she and I had met at Fashion Week. I actually wrote for Pop Sugar as part of their Pride Month, so then I did a whole like in-depth coming out story. One of my most emotional pieces I've written today, and that is immediately associated with Alison because she helped introduce me to the right people in the industry and admired her ever since. So when I found that she was doing this podcast, immediately I jumped on it. Welcome to this special episode of Sundays Offline, recorded live in Melbourne in August 2019. Sundays Offline is a series of live and honest conversations with the people behind our favourite Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. Together we get real about life on the other side of the filter and explore the often confronting concept of true self. These are raw, imperfect conversations grounded in reality. As always, you can find more episodes at offlinethepodcast.com or by subscribing wherever you like to listen. And if you fancy seeing behind the scenes, because let's be honest, who doesn't? Follow Offline the Podcast on Instagram. Before I roll the tape, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who made Sunday's Offline possible. Firstly, thank you to every single Offline listener who bought a ticket. When I announce an event, I continue to think that no one will come, and then it sells out in a couple of days. I find it difficult to put into words how much your support means to me, so thank you very much. Thank you to Cassie and the team at Firecracker Event HQ in Northcote, Melbourne. Your gorgeous warehouse space was so perfect for this honest conversation. Thank you to Penfolds for the delicious Max's Pinot Noir 2018 and Max's Chardonnay 2017 we enjoyed on the day. And to Naughty Booch, yes, alcoholic kombucha, and Melbourne Martini, thank you very much for making our cocktail hour feel so complete. I was very proud to look out into a sea of offline tote bags. I have merch now. Each bag contained a curated selection of gifts from our generous Sundays Offline sponsors, and I would like to thank them now. 
Thank you firstly to Invisible Zinc. I'm a passionate supporter of the Australian Sun Safety Initiative for Women called Call Time on Melanoma. It seeks to educate women on the importance of wearing sunscreen daily. Invisible Zinc is a trusted Australian favourite. It's made here and it's made for our sun. Invisible Zinc contains zinc oxide, which is a mineral reflector that creates a physical reflective barrier on our skin. Sunday's offline guests received the new Sheer Defence. It's a lightweight moisturiser and a high protection sunscreen. It's available in both tinted and untinted. And if nothing else, just promise me you'll wear sunscreen every day. Thank you to the beautiful team at Elka Collective, a Melbourne label I wear with pride. It's inspired by a desire to create beautifully constructed, feminine clothes with a focus on luxurious, natural fabrics. They kindly gifted vouchers so our Sunday's offline guests could treat themselves to something beautiful. Thank you, Joe and the wider team at L'Oreal Paris. Red lipstick has become a bit of a signature beauty look for me. It transforms my mood and it increases my confidence. I was so thrilled our guests were gifted the L'Oreal Paris Rouge Signature Lip Ink. For what it's worth, it's thinner than a normal lipstick, but it doesn't compromise on pigment. I wear the shade I'm worth it, because I am, and you are too. Thank you, Sephora, for gifting us a selection of products from Dr. Jart and my personal favourite, yoga and meditation brand, Uni Beauty. Thank you to my gorgeous friend, Beck, the impeccable and generous founder of An Organised Life for our notebooks. Thank you, Rasasara, for our Pitta Face Mist. It's 100% natural, organic and vegan, and I use it under my foundation every single day. Thank you to Susie, a Melbourne lingerie brand that believes a comfortable woman is a sexy woman. Yes to that. Thank you to Etitude for our organic bamboo eye masks. It's one of my favourite brands for rest. Thank you, Ovalo Laneways, for making my stay in Melbourne a memorable one. It's inspired by the hidden laneways that Melbourne is known for. And that's actually still really exciting for this girl from Western Sydney. Thank you to my producer, Darren, who at the time of recording had a newborn, but agreed to be flown down to ensure things went smoothly. Last but not least, I have to thank the women who donated their time to help me plan and execute Sundays offline. Holly, Liv, Courtney, Chloe, and my Mandy. Thank you for believing so deeply in all that I hope to achieve with offline and offering your expertise to help me realise this dream. Okay, dropping us in as I introduced the gorgeous Erin Maxwell. So part of my ambition for offline is to support and champion the women behind our favourite Instagram accounts. Talented, hardworking businesswomen who are doing much more than curating Instagram feeds. They are pioneering new definitions of success. Offline is a safe space to share our stories and explore true self. Who are we without the labels? What are the experiences that have shaped us? And how do we develop moral code and character? So today we're here to do that with the incredible Erin Maxwell. (laughs) I've been a fan of Erin's for close to seven years and it was a dream come come true when she agreed to be part of our influencer network 
back when I was leading Who What Wear Australia. RIP to that brand. Erin is one of Australia's leading fashion creatives. You might have started following her when she was running Love Shop Share, but today she's the proud founder of The Maxwell Note, a thoughtful and curated platform that seeks to tell visual stories, a presentation and discussion of daily elements together as one decision. It's about consuming slowly and appreciating the sentiments. Actually, gives me goosebumps reading that. It's like such an incredible job on the language. Yes, words. Um, today, we are going to have an honest conversation about building a business beyond Instagram, what it means to be a mother, for Erin, not me, and a businesswoman today, navigating our internal landscapes, yes, how we show up under the label wife, our advice to young women on their way, and so much more. So please join me in giving Erin Maxwell a very warm welcome. Get ready. Are you ready for therapy? <laughs> um, I do appreciate that you're sitting down with me because you don't sit down with anyone no, and talk. Never. You'll probably tell that when I start talking, but never. Just pretend it's just us. Okay. <laughs> but no, I do appreciate it because you've been um, private. Pretty much mm. since you started your sort of Instagram journey in your business. So I appreciate you sitting down and opening up and also doing it in front of 85 people. <laughs> no pressure. No. Um, so you know I like to start at the beginning. Can you tell us about your childhood? Where did you grow up and what were you like as a kid? Um, so... I'm an Ocean Grove girl, so I grew up... I say we're country, it's technically country. Um, and we... Well, I'm born in Melbourne, but we moved to Ocean Grove when I was in grade five, so we grew up there. But, yeah, so my family, um, two brothers and myself, and just really hard-working parents. My dad travelled to Melbourne and worked in Melbourne still from Ocean Grove, so he was gone early and come back late. So my mum... Um, I suppose, was our... Yeah, my dad is patriarch. Yes. Um, but, yeah, just an easy... Ocean Grove's a bit different now than it was then. So I have no idea what that means. So Ocean Grove is like... It's, it's coastal. Okay. It's past Geelong. It's, um, it was a small town. There was nothing... Back then we had, you know, the local fish and chip. Like, you know, you just... It was a really honest, um, easy childhood growing up. There was... Yeah, we were sort of hidden. You wouldn't go to Melbourne. Like, you didn't know that. So, um, yeah, I'll, I feel blessed to have been there and had that, yeah, just easy easy way to grow up and just enjoy the simple things and have our simple high school and you just had your friends and you just had things really, you know, it was quite a simple, nice childhood. I have to say, Darren's just left his chair because he's just realised there's a train. I didn't tell oh. him about it. <laughs> just because he's so pedantic on the audio. I was like, it's pretty much on a train station, but oh. it'll be fine. <laughs> so I think he's discovering the bells and the horns and the... Oh, it's fine. <laughs> All good. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I forgot to tell you about the trains. Adds to the drama. <laughs> Um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, 
think I'm right. You didn't set out to meet and marry a footy player. <laughs> Look. Um, you met him in year 12 yes. or when you were in year 12. So we were saying backstage we're going on 17 years, which is an Ridiculous. incredible achievement in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it been like to reconcile that? Like, I guess as a woman who... Yeah, you never sort of thought I'm going to go out and get myself a footy player. You know what I mean? That you fell in love with someone who ended up being a person of public interest, I guess. Um, I think I always think that where when we were together in high school, it was the end of high school, but he hadn't, that wasn't on. Early in our conversation, we encountered some microphone interference, or what Darren calls loud shit. That resulted in, of course, some really loud bangs. The joys of recording live. Not ideal, but these are raw and imperfect conversations after all. To save your eardrums, we edited them out. That wasn't a plan. It was, we just went, he missed out on his draft. It, we went to Ballarat after that. It was just, I'm really, I always think back to that, being very grateful for our beginning together, that. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to sit very neatly. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, it was a start, just of a normal relationship that mm. um, it was just us to start this for what was to come years later. But, um, you know, it was just us mm. and we had our... When we first met, it was, you know, we had Nokia, whatever, Nokia 3210, remember that? <laughs> yeah, you text off it and you played the snake game. Yeah. It was just all very, it's in Ocean Grove, like he's, he's from Wellington, but yeah, like, you know, country kids basically. Normal. Yeah, just doing, you know, um, yeah, and I think to go on that, to start that journey, I think with him. Like really knowing each other. Yeah. yeah. And just know, um, he, he's amazing. Like, he's not – he's – he would have stayed the same the whole time whether mm. with me or not. Like, yeah. I feel he was just who he was. Um, but, yeah, we always were just that, I think, in the mm. end. It was Insert another just. mic bang here. Because I barely edit offline episodes, I decided to leave the next awkward bit in. After freaking out and rambling, I decided to shut up. So stay with us through the dead air while we swapped out the microphones. Thank you to beautiful Erin for playing it so cool. We were both already so nervous, so of course this didn't help. Oh my god, this is freaky. Darren, help us. Help. <laughs> is it okay? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. It's not quite the smooth episode I had planned. <laughs> Okay. Do we pretend we're talking? Hello? 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 Yep. Do you want us to tell you what we had for breakfast? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> what are you doing? Where were we? Um. <laughs> we were talking about how it was nice for you guys to have, yes. I guess, a quote-unquote normal relationship in the beginning in like in hindsight obviously when you 
you know, when we were starting our relationship, you don't, ex- you know, you're not planning for anything like that. You're not, um, it's just Was his. he playing footy in school? Yes. yes. So he, he expected, well, he wanted to be drafted. It was a big draft for his year um, and he missed out and he then had to, he just kept going. Try, like he's ridiculous with his um, discipline. Yes, and yeah. just kept trying and trying and came in as a rookie. So um, it's not the traditional way to co- – you come in as a rookie and then you have to work really hard to make your spot and whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he came – he did it the hard way basically. So um, – but that's not – that's his job I suppose. It had nothing to do with um, him as a person or our relationship or anything like that. It didn't – you know, obviously ruled our <laughs> our life but yeah um <laughs> which we'll talk about yeah yeah um but yeah just from a relationship point of view starting off like that was um I'm really glad we had that time mm. together for that to establish because I can imagine if you were entering a relationship with and what I'm just beginning to understand it's I guess like Melbourne AFL players same as Sydney league players it's that star factor is just mm. different codes I guess for yeah. different states but if you were meeting somebody who's already a person of interest, trying to establish a relationship yeah. there would be, I think, difficult. So it's interesting that for you it was having the time to have a normal Yeah. Normal and just for yourself, like for mm. yourself too, I think that you're young still. Like we were – we just turned 18. Um, so we were young still and, mm. you know, I was figuring out what I was doing or whatever, but – you don't know what you you know just to have that time together just us two mm. that doing we're in Ballarat and you know nothing no expectations on it that we were just you know together mm. and that's all that it was and it didn't need any more like yeah. whatever came from that what it you know like everyone else normally a career you know you get good career moments or yes. you know good things happen in your life it's the same thing but Everyone was watching. Yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> yeah. a little bit public. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Was there points as he was starting to um, – as his profile was growing? Because part of what I'm trying to understand is as a woman you're kind of going, right, so this is my life now. Like this is – like I'm on this journey with him yeah. and, of course, a core support role. But were there points and discussions along the way to say like, oh, okay, what does this mean for me? Um no, like mm. he's not – he's just who he was when, you know, when we were – we've got the same – he's got the same friends from school, oh, cool. our good – like our close group of mates, all, all his high school friends. Um, so he's exactly who he was at the start than what he is now and mm. it didn't – that was just his job that, um, yeah, mm. you know, it didn't – none of that affected anything. Anything. No. Mm. But that's – seems pretty unaffected. Individual. Like that's him because he's – you know, a good person. He's a good person. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have three beautiful kids. They are very pretty children. <laughs> um, can you tell us about your transition into motherhood? I guess a couple of questions. Did you always want to have kids, and did you always want to have them young? And I guess I asked from a place of self-interest in that, mm-hmm. as I sort of think about what that chapter is going to look like for me. Transition is a really massive word and a massive mm. theme for me in my life of like what will that 
be like, but tell us about, yeah, your um, journey. So we so we got married at 26. So we had Mill. I was pregnant with Miller at 27. Wow. Um, but we were together for a long time. So it wasn't yes, like, exactly. you know, we just got married. That's true. Yeah, we could have happened a long time before that. Um, and I didn't have any pre-plan for how I was going to be a mum. My mum's amazing. She's an angel. She's like, I couldn't, she's amazing. So I had that sort of, you know. As a role model. Yeah, yeah. As a role model, yeah. But no, I didn't, no books, no, you know, no plan really for. I kind of wish for that time for all of us and like for women who don't have children yet, like that Instagram motherhood situation. And that wasn't there then. Exactly, like the pressure wasn't there to have like the fucking linen swaddles and the neutral play mat and and I (laughs) worry it's real because I've even started bookmarking things from like hell I'll get that swaddle and I'll that'll match with that and like Jesus and then I wonder about the little kids because it's like they've got no colour yeah so they've just got these neutral worlds where it's like mm. so Nick's mum she's also amazing but I'm allergic to colour a bit (laughs) so when I was setting it up it was Nick's mum was dying. She's like beige for for a baby. Like, why? That's she's not going to develop properly. Um, but she's fine. And it was. It's, she just knows you know, what she's got. Yeah. yeah, she's stylish or something. I don't mm. know. No, it makes you know. Mm. It's for you, but it's yeah. your babies don't know what's going on mm. for a long time. You know. Yeah. Like, do what makes you. You do mm. your thing. You know. But no, totally. Yeah. And no. what was the transition for you like in terms of? Identity, like you're going from like a singular person into a like a mother. I think mm. um, we we didn't have like freedom anyway because of Nick's Nick. Uh, it's not not his fault. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was not like we were travelling around and we had this you know freedom. We were doing all this stuff, and I had to stop and be a mum. I was very – I'd never babysat kids before. I wasn't re- overly maternal. Like I didn't mm. – I don't, still don't really, you know, go to people's kids and want to – I love my own. But, mm. do you know, like, yeah, totally. it wasn't like I was craving um, to do this. But um, I think that was the best part that just made me very um, – just go with the flow. And, you know, there was – you can do it. Like, you can do it. Everyone does it, you know. Mm-hmm. But the less pressure that I had on myself, you know, she was just an in addition to, you know, what we were doing mm. and just rolled in and, um, yeah, you mm. just got on with it, you know. And then add two more to that. Yeah, yeah. Not so much a rolling in situation. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so, yeah, um, cruisy. Mm. But, yeah, it's, mm. I think that that is a thing now that I guess back then pressure to... Like, you've got to read all this stuff. And we had amazing support, don't get me wrong. Our midwife was amazing, our obstetrician. So I had support from them to make you feel like you... Could maybe had it, take the baby prob- home. Probably, you know, we, we had to be taught how to bathe her. Like, mm. I didn't know what we were doing. Oh, that will be and me. Yeah. She's fine. Like, mm. <laughs> and we did it again and they're fine. Mm. But, yeah, I think that whole, yeah, pressure to be this perfect... You, you learn that later... Yeah. You just, like, go with it and your life – you have this um, – I think for me personally, you had this cla- – like, everything just gets clear. You sort of – you know your priority then mm-hmm. and you sort of weed out all the stuff that you don't need in your life because you haven't got time 
for that sort of stuff. Mm. So I think um, they bring a very honest, um, you know, it's just such a genuine, you just love them and, you know, it's such an honest thing that everything else, you sort, you quickly realise what matters. isn't making, yeah, what matters and what isn't working for you. Mm. I look forward to that clarity. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. I do. Um, <laughs> what has it been like to run a business and raise three kids and also show up as a wife? And I say that in a, you know, as someone who identifies deeply as a feminist, but there is a part of us we have to bring to that role of wife as well. <laughs> um, he knows, you know. What has that been like for you? Because you know, I was saying to you backstage, I don't want to do the juggle thing because I'm trying not to promote this sort of myth that we can do it all and mm. we can do it all at once and we can have it all because I'm a big believer in chapters. Mm. And certainly when I think about motherhood, even for me, that will be a chapter where I will want to commit and dedicate myself to that instead yeah. of trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah. What was that like for you? Because um, when did you start Love Shop Share two thousand and um, 2010. Ten. Ten. And so how yeah, – did you have many kids had, then? Miller was born in um, 2000. I was pregnant at the grand final. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, they won. It was the biggest party Melbourne's ever, you know, like that we've ever had. And you were and sober. I was sober, pregnant, seven months. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I stayed out till 4 a.m. Did you? It was a private party, don't um, – <laughs> but, yeah, it, mm. yeah, it wasn't – yeah, I didn't really plan that. <laughs> well. Who knew? Who knew? But anyway, yes, I uh, – what was your question? Like what was it, <laughs> what was it like? Yeah, the – again, not the juggle but like yeah. running a business while also being a mum, while also being um, a wife. I think – same thing. I think you – you just go with what's pulling you and mm. not fight. Like I had the luxury of my business wasn't paying our bills in that – you know, if I said no to something or something else needed my attention, I had the flexibility to choose that, whereas, mm-hmm. pe- you know, like a lot of people don't um, and it changes then obviously but you just – I just went with what was pulling me, like what needed me at that time and if it wasn't um, my work and you had to hold that off, it wasn't the end of the world to – do so if it needed be, mm-hmm. if other things need my attention. Mm-hmm. But I think you've just got to listen to yourself in that sense that... Yeah, I'm learning a lot about surrender. Mm. Yeah. Mm. In yeah. the moment, just like, fucking let it go. Yeah. Let it go. And if it... Yeah. yeah the, you'll know when... But your kids, you... It's hard to not fall then, I think, of this pressure again about being a mum and, you know being with present with them all the time and it's this whole guilt for yourself to not do anything for yourself but for me that made me a much better mum to have my own place and that's the whole point of why it started was it was just for me a creative outlet and you have you know it made you feel good about what you were doing still Mm. when you had to sacrifice and you know yes yeah I guess that's that thing like so many mothers I speak to, it's the loss of identity mm. is yeah. the thing we talk about the most is when you start to become defined by yeah. 
the chores you have to do and the emotional labour that, that comes with and unseen, mm. unspoken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes with, you know, raising kids. Yeah, what I'm hearing a lot is to your point, if you have something that you can identify with, mm-hmm. not be identified by, yes. but just identify with that doesn't involve pooey nappies and yeah. <laughs> doing and even the dishes. If it, no and one, you know, like, and when we started, people who started blogs early knew, no one, was, no one knew what it was. No one read blogs really. Like it was... I know, you're one of the OGs mm, back in so, the day. Yeah. It was, what did you start your site on? Was that like a blog spot? I went... St- went straight to um wordpress oh yeah i did straight yeah. in straight in yeah <laughs> it's quite and advanced I went, when i just did the new site then just spent a long time it took a year because it just takes time but it does take yeah. so much more time than you think it's going to yeah mm. and it just went to wordpress again because that's what i knew like, yeah that's, how I know that's how interesting i need I to be in control of that a lot of um the early bloggers started on blogspot yeah and then there was that big thing where they had to then transfer all of their stuff onto mm. WordPress or Squarespace or yep. whatever. That's all my consulting. <laughs> How do we move things from one platform to, to get, another? Yeah. But you were straight on the big dog. Yeah, went on there, yeah. Just <laughs> went right in there. And um, then what was your kind of like, you know, beyond it being this place for you, what was your why behind Love Shop Share? Like what did you want to achieve by um, starting it? I think – no – I. I don't think anyone really started. No one thought it was going to be a business. Like mm, no one's interesting. Yeah. I think it was purely just to have an outlet to do things and then it started to get traction in it. But everyone wanted outfits. Like mm. just give me an outfit. Whereas like I, that's not what I wanted to do or what. I didn't want to go on the corner and like my friends and they would, yeah, not. So Laugh at you. <laughs> just I couldn't have survived, I don't think. Mm. There. Um, anyway, so, yes, it was all about outfits and things early on in the blog and then it started, I think, you know, then it turned into before Instagram still. Um, yes, yes, before Instagram. Yeah, I know, it's mm. weird, isn't it? Yeah. Where people had to, like, type in your URL. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seek you out. Yeah. Go and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fascinating. Um, one of the things I've admired about you is your careful decision to build a business outside of Instagram, speaking of, was that very purposeful for you? So if you had launched in 2010, mm-hmm. when did Instagram start? Oh, I don't know. Does anyone know? No. 2010. So around the same time. Yep. But that's never really been your core. Because I, I, I guess part of what I want to unpack is your skill set and what you do as a creative. Yep is completely separate to what we see on Instagram. And I feel like that's, from my side, been very purposeful for you to build it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I knew that photography and I suppose behind this, you know, doing the work um, behind the scenes where it wasn't that I was the product Mm. of what I was doing. Because your face is never on there. No. Well, I've got to take the photo. Same mm. as like, I'm not in any of my... But all those girls photos. are doing that self-shooting now where they're holding Yeah, I know. And I was like, where is the buzzer? <laughs> How are you doing? You know Timed. they stand like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like 300 photos to... Yeah. To edit. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think I wasn't passionate... Like, I was passionate about the creative part and taking photos and, you know, the styling and all that stuff. So... If it was taking time away from my family and 
what I w- it had to be honest to what I was doing. There was no point really mm. in you know pushing something that I wasn't enjoying doing. Um, yes. Yeah. The whole point of it was that it was you know, my my you know area to be me and just do what I loved and mm. have that away from nothing else sort of crossed into it from the other like Nick or kids or yeah mm. it was just even and then when having kids I think as soon as you're a mum um people like, it's like they want you have to do mum's mum stuff oh I've been having this conversation yeah. with a few of the girls who are either pregnant or are just having their babies yeah. and it's like how do you think about that as a new category like is it a new pillar on your oh. do you know what I mean and it but doesn't or like maybe not at all like you don't, don't have to yeah. yeah and it's yeah it's not a like a new opportunity like I yes yeah. like not everything has to be productized yes. yeah yes. just do it like you can just be and it can just be you don't have to talk about it and express you know overshare everything and just you know have I just had limits to what I wanted to share mm. and that it well, yeah we were saying you've been pretty private mm. um yeah. but the privacy for you my understanding you're a private person anyway but also given your family structure yeah. it required you to be to yeah. withhold I guess and I think you know when you sharing I didn't want to share stuff and you can't it's a it's a crazy world of inside a club or you know it's oh I can't imagine you just it's yeah yeah, it's weird it's you you don't talk about anything it's you know it's inside it's very um you know there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we're all privy to but no one else is really but you know you're not going to talk about any of that sort of stuff Nick doesn't have social media he never had social media had Twitter I think but like it's not like he's on there and I'm tagging him in you know like we're having this share session it's sort of like it was would have been it is interesting to me I will say that like when I observe um and as always not in any judgment just couples in the limelight that talk to each other on Instagram yeah. and stuff. You're I'm like, like, can you just <laughs> – isn't he on the couch? Yeah, like, probably. <laughs> tagging him in but just show yeah. – just send it to him. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think I – yeah, was Nick never had that so it wasn't an option for it so it was already – but, mm. you know, talking about his story is not – it's his place. He wasn't doing it so he's not sharing his details and sharing his personal life so why – like why would you why it's my like, place to yes. share his personal life when this he's not This is what I'm wearing to it. the footy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, one thing I find interesting about what you said and I continue to hear and I feel like it's a big part of my own journey with offline is when, as creators when we start something purely because it can't not exist for us, that is I think where the success is. Yeah. It's when it's so purposeful and, you know, personal I guess Yeah. that I'm not doing – I'm not setting out going, okay, I'm going to make this much money and then I'm going to launch this and I'm going to launch that. We're just doing it because we just can't not do it, Yeah, you know, and then it's the success you get off the back of that authenticity, I think, yeah, is what yeah. I'm starting to and learn like a lot about. like a passion about. in – Yeah. Like a reason for it. Yes. A reason for – like I couldn't – I don't think I could have, I don't know, maybe just be on Instagram to just share – 
to share. Mm. I probably would have stopped by now, I think, and gotten sick of it. Get pretty bored, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if there's something else to it Mm. that I could keep going because it was a creative outlet for me. Mm. But, yeah, I think just the share of everything daily and having – to keep up with that storyline. You know what I mean? It's I, a storyline. Yeah. That is such a good it's way exhausting. of describing it. Yeah. It's like a TV show. Yeah. That you're writing. That you're not even sure if people are even listening. Yes. You know, like, yes. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. There's parts of my day now where I'm like, well, this is good content. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> don't. And it's interesting because I used to share a lot more before the podcast. And now it's almost like... I'm trying to think about what is what does privacy look like for me? Because yeah. before when literally nobody was watching, <laughs> you just in it so much more yeah. freely. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now I'm like, oh, shit, if I put that up, will that mean that? Yeah. And then you think about it so much. Like, I just won't do anything. Exactly. I just don't post anything. But then that's a big shame too, isn't it? Yeah. Because then if we're not sharing just because we feel like it or mm. authentically, then that yeah. then becomes strategic. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about how that rolls in my life, actually. And then even when I think about when I do have a baby, will I do an announcement post? <laughs> for the gender reveal party a or A gender whatever. reveal. I definitely would find out what the oh, We found is. out, but there was no, there was no balloon or party or anything. But see, what do you reckon about today? Like, it's so different now. It's, it is different. Would that change anything for you? No. No. No, we just would No. No. Or, like... No, I, they, I, they're fun. I'm sure they're fun. Like they yeah. look fun to do, but no, I just. I guess that's the we've got to ask ourselves whose business is it. Yeah, and if it's everyone's, then great. Like, well, that, yeah, go uh, for well, that's it. it. So if if that's what you, if that's your thing, if you you like, and don't get like I love to connect with people and have conversation, and like I, it's not that I just you know want to put a photo. I'm don't don't talk to me. Don't. It's not like mm. it's not that sort of thing. It's just I think it's if you don't make a decision where does it stop if you're just always you know like everything is open to a share Mm -hmm. you like and like my most of our good friends they just have like just instagram just like mucking around with instagram so none of them share for a business or anything like that so Mm. like i would never you know be out there with my phone and doing this big thing with those people because it's no, well, they'll it's, be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, are you here or it's, yeah. Are you here or are you there? Yeah. So you phone. had to make a, yeah, mm. call, divide it up. Yeah. Mm. So that I knew. I'm, um, I've been discovering the, you know, when people of interest, public figures on Instagram, when they have their personal Instagram and it's called something funny or it's like their nickname or so they've got their public one which is their influencer one and they've got their private one which yeah. you can see like 1500 people follow and that's like their closest friends yeah, yeah. I always look at those I'm like what is going yeah. on in that one <laughs> I want that one yeah. yeah I've requested a few where I'm like well, we kind of know each other <laughs> you get in no. I should go back and have a look yeah go check that yeah. they haven't come up on my <laughs> Oh, I like real dirt. I think about it, so <laughs> you mean I don't think I got <laughs> approved. Damn. Um, another thing that I've admired is your grace and class when representing what it means to um, support an athlete. That is a quite a big topic, and we'll cover as much as you're comfortable to. Can we talk a little bit about 
you know, we spoke about the emotional labour that comes with parenting. Mm. What about the emotional labour that comes with dating a professional athlete um, who's in the public eye? Because there's so much... It's, it's huge, like... That happens that yeah. we don't know about. It. And I yeah. briefly shared with you that um, Blockery is Tony, an ex-boyfriend of mine. <laughs> um, you know, I was with him for, like, five years and we also met at school and we were quite young and... The, the process that he had to go through in order to be ready to play mm. was intense. Yeah. What he had to eat, what time he had to eat, <laughs> what music was on or wasn't on to get into this, like, headspace. So that's, yeah. like, a tiny bit of it. But um, yeah. Nick has said before it's, like, quite a selfish career in that it is all about th- them and their... Um, whatever the process, if you call it, like, yeah. you know, it's all planned out. It's all, you go on holidays in October, you, you know, you've got two weeks or whatever. You've got a bit at Christmas, but it's never, you know, no Euro summers or, no you know. No Euro summers. Nah, none of that. Um, still, we're still going in October. He's retired now. Yeah, but he works in footy still. Yeah, we're still in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, but... His, we were, like we were in it together in that they need the support and we'll talk about the WAG thing later, the mm-hmm. term, but the support from people behind these people is huge mm-hmm. and I don't think that gets enough. Um, I think it gets overshadowed by what the media has turned this WAG sort of role into, I think, and the wording and the... Um, that whole situation, like it's non-stop. The, but it's support for someone you love. It's not hard, you know. It's not like it's a job. It's you, yeah. you're, you know, protecting them and you doing what you would do to anyone in a situation. It's just the pressure on them. I think it's starting to come out a little bit more now. People, are, you know, athletes and things are starting to talk about it a little bit more about the pressure to disappoint everybody, like not just their family but themselves, the pressure they've got on themselves and then everyone's watching them, their career and, you know, how they – and everyone's got opinion in the, you know, in the crowd. Everyone is watching all the time um, from what they're – how they succeed and what they do um, to almost that they don't – I don't know, that they're not people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a massive part, I think, of someone, you know, someone you love having to go out for that, I think, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like a lamb to slaughter. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you find, like, a big part of it for you was maybe creating a home and an environment that perhaps allowed him to be yeah. himself Private, and to treat him yeah. like a human? Yeah. You know, like, and he's, like, as an individual? His family, we're, we're all close he's got an amazing family um and all his mates so that's like his safe zone you know like no one cared cares about any of that for him it's just him Mm. um but yeah I think there's there's a lot lot. behind the scenes there's a lot of but it's same with everyone like being a mum like doing all these things as Mm. and other people's job have high stress too it's not just professional athletes but I think the element of the public you know and I think that probably changed the way that I then, you know, did Instagram and shared. And I think that probably affected that in that you just got used to 
It's just your being closed. World. Yeah. And not closed in a negative way. No. Just closed to protect. Yeah. Yeah. Your family and Yeah. 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 So you're not on the Daily Mail. <laughs> yes. Um, what is your relationship then with the label WAG? I think it's anti feminist. Um, I think it's a complete disservice to any woman who is dating or married to an athlete, a football player, I guess. It's only yeah. league and AFL, it seems. Um, you know, I'm not one unless <laughs> Tony's planning a late entry into league. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I say that because it was probably not even my place to have an opinion on it. But when I just think about this label of wife and girlfriend, it's yeah. like it's not all we are. No. What's your relationship with the term? Um, I, like I said, I think it's it's got a negative undertone in it, like a condescending tone, you know, from the media, from people around that it's this. Um, yes, like you could probably, I don't know, how many wag, famous wags would you know, like five or six, but there's 40 people in a football club with, mm. you know, and how many football clubs are there? There's like eight, how many are there? I don't know. You should know. I know one. I know my team. That's it. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there's so many people in that, that Mm. they are all wives and girlfriends as well. And it's – I think all the focus is on the whole, um, you know, that Mm. glamorous or whatever thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like that part of it when that's just a small hand – you know, it's just a handful of people, you know, Mm. that are out – in the, pub- yeah, in the public arena. Yeah. It just seems to me like if you're a woman and your ambition is to become a wag. Yeah, well. Like I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I but think, then I'm I like, don't, you know good what? for you if you want to do that too. I don't think it would mm. last. I don't think you could. No. I don't think you could su- survive doing what you go through and yes, just because you wanted to be a famous wag. Like I just, mm. it, you couldn't do it. It wouldn't be worth what, it. What we need to like come up with the opposite and call them that. So what would they be? So if we're wives and girlfriends, they're husbands and boyfriends. Yeah. Habs. Habs. <laughs> Start a thing. Habs. <laughs> Anytime someone asks you about being a wag, you're like, what's it like to be a hab? Yeah. <laughs> Back at you. Um, tell us about raising boys and girls today. Mm-hmm. I ask that because I think it's an incredible time to be a parent but it's also a very complex time Mm -hmm. how are you thinking about like I've got friends whose kids are you know between 12 and 16 YouTube porn Mm. the access now to stuff that we just weren't introduced to until later and obviously through you know if somebody had a magazine under a bed somewhere or (laughs) (laughs) you know whereas now it's like I hear that yeah. They've got their laptops and tablets at school to learn, but then what's also going on on those mm. is quite intense. Instagram, some people are for it for kids and, and not. How are you thinking about that? Um, so well, there's, ours are eight, six and three, a so little. we're still little. Um, but we don't – they don't have tablet. we don't have tablets at home. Like they don't go on YouTube or anything. Not – they don't ask for it. They just don't – it's just not there to be mm. around. Um but my brother's, he can't understand 
like technology for kids, he is a tech guy. So mm. he's like, they will not survive in well, the world. Well, this is the thing is they have to be yeah. on it. They have to be on it. They have to know it. So it's scary to think, like, how do you introduce it? They have to be on top of it mm. um, without. But I just think you, you don't really – YouTube's not a part of that. Mm. So – I know. Uh, yeah. It's just this weird thing because, like, for kids now, their TV is YouTube. Yeah, and they would like they watch TV, and we're not like against an iPad or anything. But mm. they don't take it if we go out. They've never taken our. We don't give them the phone to watch a movie to make them be quiet, or you know any of. The, Are they we don't just rely quiet, or you just let them be loud? Uh, uh, Let's just let them be kids. <laughs> just kids, but they're not yeah. like they're good kids. Like I mean, they don't just sit there like they're, you know. But we didn't rely on technology to parent, I suppose. Yeah, you know what I mean to. Um, as that, as the buffer to sort of... A silencer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, they just got used to it. It's just what, like, it's just normal not to do that sort mm. of thing. But I can't keep that up, you know, like the Miller's eight, so she'll... Yeah, she's going to want Instagram in a couple of years, I'm sure. Well, I'm hoping it will be gone. Know. Do you think... It, well, this is what an interesting conversation, hopefully. <laughs> um, what do we think? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of at a point where... I don't know. If I hope it's gone, to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't know or something how new. much I value know. it's adding. We had, remember yeah. MySpace? Did everyone have MySpace? Yeah. Yeah, and how cool, like, we thought we were so cool with I MySpace. Know. Pimp your profile. Um, <laughs> and, like, then, you know, it just rolls on. So maybe something will the roll next thing. through. I don't know. But, like, Instagram can be amazing. Mm. And I think, yeah, it's just our role, like, our job to educate the next generation but I think in our because so we're 36 so I think our um us as parents with kids our age are the ones maybe that are going to be the ones that turn it a bit because mm-hmm. we're living it and we're using it all the time and everything so maybe we're getting over it and so disliking maybe, it yeah and questioning it and yeah because I think Facebook's not cool anymore apparently I for like really kids don't think it's Facebook. cool I don't go yeah. on it so who would have thought that mm. you wouldn't have I just Facebook? go on there and then it's like there's so many notifications because it just notifies you now if anyone's doing anything. Yeah. And so it's just trying to figure yeah. out like is anyone trying to it's ask something work. or like have yeah. they tagged me in a picture I have not approved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can change all that. Just, I know I have the yeah, – yeah. you have to get yeah, – I like, yeah. have to approve it on the timeline. Yeah. yeah, don't be tagged. I've always had that though just because it's like too much. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what a day – looks like for you these days um it's, this is probably part of why it's not I don't share daily stuff majority of the time it's doing well I've got three kids I've got to go and do mm. school drop off and you know you've got to go and do all that stuff it, but that's not a part of you know your business or you know what I mean mm. so it's not sharing all those in between but this is the difference between what your what I can observe you've done is created a brand yep that isn't reliant on you being like off to take the kids yeah, to school. Yeah. Or like you know? Yeah. Um, I think talking have and it's nothing wrong, like it's not wrong or right or anything like that. It's just and like I've followed people that do It's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it's entertaining, yeah. Mm. And but I yeah, I think um, my daily would be sh- I shoot I work from home, so that makes it hard to too, mm. I suppose, because you're just there and then they yes. just come in and you're just there still working there. Um, but, yeah, shoot, I would shoot 
I shoot from home. So mm-hmm. um, because it's still life stuff and content, I can do it mm. mostly at the studio I've set up at home. Um, do you have like a whole room? Mm. Yeah, we're in a rental, which um, so because we're renovating. Yes, I loved your mm-hmm. reno yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's full on, I bet. Um, yeah, mm. so that in the rental, I even managed to find a room that I could use for it. But yeah, um, yeah it'll have a better space for it. But I don't know what's hard. I think it's easier maybe to go somewhere. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I have an office, and I never go there. You wouldn't, yeah. So I don't know whether it was his thing of thinking I need a space, yeah, in order to be productive, and so you don't just hang out. And and then there's a little bit of like, if I have a space, it legitimizes this for me. Mm. (laughs) You know that this isn't just a thing that I do on Friday afternoons now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like being at home, I find I'm more. If you've got to get creative. it done, you've got to get it done. Right? Yeah. Well, that's so. the thing is like once you're out and about or if I'm in the office and we're chatting and then all of a sudden yeah, have not edited several episodes and go home and do that at midnight, it's like... Yeah. you just got to do it when you... Mm. Yeah. Are you um, self-taught photography? Yeah. So yeah. my brother, the same tech guy, he was a photographer. So he was living... Um, my mum's American, so she was born in oh. New York. So... Um, do you we, have a New York passport? We do all have America, but I never used it because my, both my brothers moved there. Jesse moved there and worked um, in, uh, where was he at? Microsoft mm. and in Nintendo, and, but he was doing photography over there. I never used it because I'm st- stuck here. Yeah. Not stuck here, but you know, I had my place here. I couldn't, yeah. So he went and did that and lived. So anyway, I would call him and he taught me over the phone questions I had with the Incredible. camera. Incredible. Yeah. But it was more he's very it's, – it's a piece of equipment and you learn how to use the piece of equipment. It's not a creative Interesting. thing. You are the creative thing but the camera is a piece of equipment. Mm. So learn how to use that properly. I'm so interested in exploring that for myself but it's like I just can't get it. It's like I pick it up and I'm like I you just, like, can't that's understand. Like, you, you just got to – with anything, you just mm. go and shoot – and you'll learn you any like you can pick it up, and then you just Google. Well, you can Google, yeah. <laughs> you can like... Google everything, but you yeah you figure everything out. You can, but yes, he he definitely helped the technical part of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Shut a yeah spit whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, congratulations on the Maxwell note. So that newly. Well, it's not even relaunched. It's just launched it's because just, it's yeah. really so different to what you were doing before. Yeah. You wrote that you're forever learning and it's never too late to refocus and push on. I found that really interesting because as women and creatives, and if I think about my publishing career, you get to this point where you're like, well, I've done it and so I'm established. But then knowing that, the whole reason we're here on this earth is just to continue to evolve. And so there's a point where you go, it's time for me now to go and start from scratch somewhere else again. What's that been like for you? And is there a link there between Nick's retirement and you being able to focus more on what that means Um, for your own career? I think it's like I started the blog so long ago that it like it wasn't relevant really anymore. And but I still think it's important to have 
your own space. So it's not just on Instagram that you you own that yes, space. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it was just more getting everything that I'd done over that time, the best bits that I'd done and put it all in one space, probably for myself too, to it be clear and like we've finished RAF 3. I tried to have four babies but Nick said no. Oh. Which, but I would have a new – like I would have a baby. Would you? Now. Yeah. A fourth. I keep saying I'm just going to have one and see how I go. Yeah, probably start yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we f- have finished having kids and um, I think when you um, have – for me, when you have kids, it's the clarity of, you know – what you're going to do but important for me for my kids I think it means a lot to me Miller probably is more at the age to know that um like that I'm doing I've got stuff to do too you know um yeah that it's and being just a mum is amazing that's not yeah you don't have to I think there's a lot of pressure on people to have hustle like to have to and that's the chapters thing yeah you know if that if it is your choosing for that chapter to be five ten years yeah and if you want to do just mm. like be, it's not just a mum like you're down something like you don't, there's a lot of pressure to then go, um, you know, everyone has to have a business or mm. you, it's not good enough if you um, are just doing that thing. You have to have a business, which you don't. Mm. Um, but for me, it, um, I need that, I think, as well, like Miller raising um, a little girl to be ambitious and I, you know, like they're little mirrors up at you all the time, these mm. kids, like asking <laughs> questions and, you know, everything you say, um, you know, they, they remember everything mm. that you – yeah, so like I said, I would do Pilates. I said I was going to start Pilates again to Miller. This was two weeks ago and I mentioned it again and she was like, mm, you said that um, last <laughs> week and I was like, oh, my God. So I'm going to be like a full Pilates freak because I'm like oh this kid's God. like <laughs> I can't tell her, you know, to have a stick and you got to, you know – Get in there with your ballet. You've got to stick to stuff and then I'm not doing it. So you've always, wow. you know, kids make you very um, accountable. Accountable. Yes. That, mm. yeah, you've got to follow, follow yes. through with everything that you're saying. Um, and, yeah, it was important for me to have that mm. defined and it felt... Well, it definitely feels very purposeful. Like yeah. spending some time on there, I can see exactly what it is that you're... Well, that you've built, but that you're also growing now. Yeah. Tell us what you actually do, because I feel like there's this perception that you just take really beautiful pictures and put them put on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> um, so it's con- like content. Everyone, it's the new thing to say. Mm. Um, you're not an influencer anymore. You have to say, like people want to say, they're content creators. Heard it here first. Thing. It's yeah. So I'm not saying that is it, but yes, it's basically creating the content for people's brands. So. Um, you know, on their Instagram and if they don't have you in-house um, people that do all that, then mm. they hire people to shoot all their products and you give the photos back to them and you don't share what you've done really. Like there's no... Yeah, it's an interesting it's not an influencer thing. thing um, like the brands you're working for are incredible and other, you know, um, sort of fashion creatives and beauty creatives that I know are doing this same work now. Yeah. It's like for a client, why wouldn't you put your content in the hands of a person who actually knows how to... consuming it. Yeah, yeah, but also can create an engaged audience and knows how to get people to yeah. follow them. So it's actually quite a smart yeah. evolution of, I guess, what it means to be an 
influencer mm. today and like maybe is it time that that term just yeah pisses off a bit that i yes. don't think it's a bit like well i think yeah yeah i i hope then maybe people will start coming through um with more purpose about what like you can't just being pretty or you know sharing yourself as a product isn't influential no like what else is there that what do you is, do? Yeah. Or yeah. like if you've got a message or you know what I mean? Like um, what do you stand influence for? something, not just that you're, you know, I'm just an influencer. Like I can tell people what to wear and stuff. You know, yes. I feel like, yeah. Well, we were talking backstage about this, like as, um, you know, you've been doing this a really long time. I feel like it's a new thing for me to be approached to be paid to endorse something or promote something or create something. Maybe what a lot of people might not know, and I don't even know how interesting it is, but it's like 98% of the stuff you say no to. Mm. But then I guess there's people in the influencer space that are saying yes to 100%. Yeah. And what happens when you say yes to 100% is it's just totally chaotic as to what is it that you're, you're doing, doing and what is it that you're influencing and yeah. how do you build credibility believable? and authority. Yeah. yeah. But a big part for me has been saying, okay, well... You know, I'm a journalist, I'm a creator, I'm a leader, I am a digital specialist, so that's what I'm going to say yes to mm. is stuff that allows me to do what it is my actual expertise. Yeah, and have a bit of a game plan about mm. what you're saying no to and what Long lane game. you're in almost that, um, you know, the PR companies, and like they're just they're looking around for people to do things with and, mm. you know, if you're a mum, you know, perfect, let's pitch... Um, a story and, you know, that you have to be in it with your kids and you've got to be pushing the pram and, you know, like it's – yeah. I know the pram. Yeah. But if you're <laughs> smart enough to, you know, you've got to turn that and pitch back and – Yes. I've got a better idea, you know. I'm so glad no you said that. Re- yeah. The re-pitch. Yeah. I think it's – yeah. Mm. How about, you know – Offer got, your expertise up in the moment to say yeah. like – Thank you so much for reaching out. It's daggy. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to like that. (laughs) No one, yeah. No. Uh, Yeah. So I think it's a good position if you can, yeah. Show your expertise. Give them a better idea. And we're consuming it. So we're the one, you know, we're looking at that going, I'm not buying that pram just because she looks pretty and she's pushing it down the street. Yes. I won't look like that with my pram. No. (laughs) But, like, does it – I don't know. Does it make people buy it? I don't know. I think I would probably more – I don't know. I don't think so. No. I think more – I think you, it did. Or if you just saw the brand just with that person, that they mm. went, oh, they picked that pram over all the rest because they maybe thought it was a good pram. Mm. Subtly, you know. What I'm finding is the influencers I follow who say I bought this, I then generally buy that thing. Yeah. If I know that you've paid for it and you chose to spend your money mm. on it, that does nothing for you as an influencer business yes. <laughs> because <laughs> you haven't made any money off it. But I guess it comes down to that. Well, this is a, an authentic recommendation, and I've got a ho- you've got to hope they're telling the truth when they say they bought it. Yeah, yeah, I think they would. And that's that whole Truman Show thing, you know. Yeah. You don't really know. No, you wouldn't know. But yeah, I mm. think you've. Um, it takes a lot to get to that authentic place a lot of no's and a Mm. lot of um just keeping your eye on the prize to you know do you have an idea of what the prize is for you I ask that because I don't um like I don't like that five years question no but if you forecast forward 
to what it is that you are creating and what you want that to stand for. Is that there for you? Um, I think it's more just the to try and have some substance behind um, in that space, I guess, that you can um, maybe have a talent or, you know, you've got something to give other than yourself like, mm-hmm. and what you look like or, you know, or what you're talking about, you know, there's something else there that you can give. Yes. Yeah. That's our responsibility. Mm. If we're going to choose to put content out there and that's for everyone, when you choose to put something out there, it's on you. What, yeah. Who's it for? What do you stand for? Yeah. Um, but, like, what are you educating us on? Some people yeah. just like, like some people just want to go on for at the outfits and stuff. Like, I you know, need that. And that's why I'm like, does my dumb integrity get in the way? Or I'm like, just, <laughs> have just a post good time. The yeah, just post the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talk to a lot of my guests about the emotional landscape of Instagram because of your, um, I guess. There's been a, I don't know, is it a requirement or a need for you to be private to protect your family, I would say. I feel like you probably don't, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, experience negativity or bad comments or... I don't really, like, I suppose mine's very... Yeah. Yeah. So Like you're kind of not giving enough. Yeah, for them to then criticise. To critique. Yeah. But... I'm assuming it hasn't been the same for Nick. No. And then can we talk about, like, if anyone said anything bad about Tony online, give me strength. I just want to kill them. Like, how do you Um, handle the critique or did you handle the critique? um, Early, I think he's incredible in that just he just doesn't read, never read anything and he's got I to admire those people. Yeah, to mm. yeah, just ignore it. Whereas it, I would be fuming at it. But he's like, "What's the? You know, it's probably a ten-year-old boy, you know, on the keyboard writing. Mm. How you know, like he had hate pages. Of, you know, it's part of the Collingwood thing. I think you know, mm. people hate them and whatever. But yeah, it comes back to that. Um, he would just totally – he could just ignore it and he'd end up just going, you know what, who cares what people – I think that then going into this, um, into Instagram, whatever, I think I'm very, I've got a very good relationship with it in that, that it doesn't really – like that stuff, who cares? Like I think you mm. can just – it doesn't mean – I wouldn't take it to heart if people hated me mm. or wrote hate things to me or whatever. You would just delete it. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, the delete. Yeah. Thing. Because yeah. some people are like, no, you, you leave it there. It's like, mm. I think that just kind of like, I don't know, entices more yeah. of it if it's kind of there. there. Yeah. I don't know. I find it quite hard to – maybe it's more when it's my work. Like if – and it happens. Yeah. Like people say, oh, the audio wasn't very good on that one. You're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> trying so hard. <laughs> you know, so I do find it hard yeah. to separate – Myself and my emotion from because I'm so I'm in it so fully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Was that a good time anyway? Um, yeah. So you know I admire that in you because I'm still working on what it means to separate myself and my Business. emotions yeah. from what it is that I'm putting out there and yep. creating. I- I found it um, with the likes, the whole likes removal thing and people would bring it back to um, like mental health. 
I found it, um, it's got nothing to do with, like, Instagram don't care about our mental health. Like, it's, no. it wasn't a decision so that we all felt better about it. It's good PR for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was just sort of, like, how you reacted to that, like, removal was sort of a bit that you could look at it and go, well, how am I sort of interacting with it? Am I taking this, you know, is it too am I in too deep with this? If that, you know, if that mm. was like, oh my God, I can't, I can, you can still see how many people liked it. Yes. So if you have an mental, like an issue with, you know, felt bad about yourself because you don't get likes, you can still see that. So I don't mm. understand by other people not seeing it. Can how you it, only see it if you're a business page? I don't know. Or any page? Every, I don't know. Any page? Any page, yeah. Mm. So I didn't, yeah, I, I think it was a good time to sort of evaluate how mm. it was affecting you this yeah. It's an interesting thing, you know, like a few people have asked me what do I think of it and I don't know, I guess part of me feels like it's going to be increasingly hard to do work on there mm. when the metrics start to go away. So if I put my publishing hat on, I'm like clients want to know but I think that's the point. engagement, right? Like, yeah. And so you can still report on all that stuff but yeah. part of what they're buying is the numbers around the content visible at the same time so just with Australian media it's like we haven't done a very good job of measuring success online so yeah. taking something else away feels like it just makes it even more ambiguous yeah um and just the way the money's moving and how clients are buying I don't think that does creators and creatives any favors no. but Instagram on the whole, yeah, like it shouldn't be yeah. about how many people like no. your photos and are you able to share more freely? I don't know if it – has it changed the way you um, – what you share? Maybe, I don't know, probably not. No. The thing already, you yeah. know, whenever they changed the algorithm, that – Yes. You can – yeah, there's no rules now. You just – Which we could just share yeah. on there. Yeah. <laughs> just get on there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um so I ask each of my guests a final question. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, offline exists as an exploration of self and who are we without the labels that we put on ourselves but also society puts on us. So you've got a couple that people have put on you and then you've obviously got some that you, yeah, identify with yourself. When you take away all the labels and you sit in true self, what comes up for you and... Who are you? Um, I think being, you know, again with your family, it's like it's just you. You're honest. Um, you know, there's no one to impress. You know, it's just you being you. And I think you've, you find out, you know, what you stand for mm. when you're trying to teach these kids yes. things in life. You figure out, like, I'm learning myself as well. Um, how I feel about certain things of of how I teach the kids mm, and what sort of language I have with Miller, um, yeah, always learning and always yeah going over things and again and yeah, again. again. So I think you get a pretty good idea about who you are and what you believe in. That's interesting in that sense because you're just there. You're trying to make them the best they can be mm. by yeah, just being you. What can you you know. What more can you do than that as a mum too, just to know who you are and if you're good with you, then they will be. Yes. You know, you can push that to them. 
Yeah, well, I had a um, the chat I was having with Rochelle Rowlings was interesting because she said her relationship with her body and her dislike for her body and what she'd put it through mm. made her feel um, nervous about bringing up a woman because, like you were saying, like she's like a mirror mm. and she yeah. sees everything and hears everything. So yeah. if we're critiquing ourselves or standing in the mirror for too long yeah. or changing multiple times because we think we look fat in something mm. – like it's pretty incredible that they're observing that and then that's actually imprinting on their own relationship with yeah. themselves. And you don't, yeah. No pressure. Oh, no, it's massive. <laughs> but even then, like people had asked about um, my kids, when I take photos of my kids in stories or whatever it is, that that for me is important to teach them. It's probably more Miller. Archie, he's got no idea. He's just running through life, doing life. Um, <laughs> whereas Miller's a bit, yeah. But, it, you know, experience trying to tell her about that process and that it's you know it's an art to take photos and things and it's a story and all that stuff so it's not just about stand there and look cute and do what you're told and yes. you know what I mean like it's not that mummy's got a big campaign yes <laughs> get it done it's not you know it's a, they're a part of this story and I like try to make her underst- understand that you know and that's your I'm shooting it and, and yes, yes like I don't let they don't model no one else shoots them just me but yeah it's important for me to put that across to her growing up in this that you know that photography and you know she sees the edit and put it together and I show her how it's finished and it's all very cool she's a part of that so Mm. that's important too Mm. and it's what I do so it makes me feel you know it's nice that they look at that and say oh my like mum did that yeah so that's cool too Mm. yeah well, thank you for being on my podcast Thanks for having me. in this room with 85 people. <laughs> <laughs> so intimate. Um, please join me in giving Erin a big round of applause. <laughs> it's not easy, especially with the technical difficulties. <laughs> I know, we worked it out. Stay tuned for a bonus episode from Sunday's Offline Melbourne, where Erin and I answered questions from our beautiful and engaging guests. I would love to say to Alison, thank you for teaching me to live my life more freely. Thank you. My favourite part of today would probably be meeting... um, Erin but also mainly Alison for me she's always been a really a role model for me going into PR and and editing and stuff myself um it's been really nice to finally put a a, um face to the name yeah what I like the most about today was the fact that Erin joined the podcast or, or really joined an open forum for the first time and that we were lucky enough to hear that Uh, I would like to thank Alison for making this so accessible to us, um, having it in Melbourne, having Erin. Um, really, really thankful to have been able to meet them both. So I'm a huge fan of Erin and I have followed her for a long time, her style, mainly her interior decorating. We're renovating at the minute. Um, just a huge influence. Really, really, really impressed with her style. <laughs> Love, yeah. Thankful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
I would like to tell Alison to keep really putting her purpose and message out there about keeping it real um, and really showing women and the whole audience out there that, um, you know, we are whole people. Um, there's a lot more to a person than what some people choose to show. So I think keep up that great work and message. If I could say anything to Alison, it would just be thank you for what she's doing. I know it's not always, I, I know it can be difficult to do what she's doing in terms of money and status and all of that. And I just want to say that it's appreciated and she's very admired and loved.